a friend of ours is out one night, right? And out with friends, enjoying a night out of relaxation, you know, kind of just chilling out, being amongst friends, acting not too crazy, but crazy enough just to feel good about yourself, right? Everyone's having a good time, enjoying life, enjoying time with friends. And of course, in these days that we live in, whenever two or three are gathered, there's always going to be a camera phone. And as the fun begins, the pictures start as well. And you get these pictures of all these good times people are having. And for some reason, the urge comes and it just feels right. It feels like what you're supposed to do. We want everybody in the world to see these pictures. And so we email them to friends. We send them to family. We put them up on Facebook. We tweet them. We do everything with these pictures. Then our friend happens to see these pictures and thinks, that's not the image I want to give the rest of the world about me. That's not the side of me I want them to see. What they want to do is to contact the website, Facebook, or whatever that it's on, and get those pictures removed so that you would, nobody ever has the chance of ever seeing them again. Now, that's what they'd like to do, right? In a nutshell, in a very basic outline, that is what some European countries are already dealing with. In our Internet age, it's called the right to be forgotten. Because let's be honest, there are probably some moments in our life that we would like to have forgotten. Hmm? Some points in our spiritual career that we would like people just to wipe out of their memory. It's called the right to be forgotten. Now, for us, yes, there are some new implications when it comes to Internet and social media that only we've had to deal with in this generation, but the idea is nothing new. It's something we've been dealing with forever. You can hear it in the prayer that comes from Psalm 25. Remember not the sins of my youth or my transgressions. In other words, oh God, please don't remember all that stuff I did when I was young. Please don't remember all that stuff that I can only blame on my youthful ignorance. Please, God, please. And of course, the psalmist takes everybody into account. And even in the way it says, God, and I've grown up a little, little bit. I've gotten older. I've learned about you. I've learned about me. I've learned about life and faith in the world. And yet, I've still done some very dumb things. God, please don't remember those things either. And of course, there's probably a lot of reasons why we wouldn't want God to remember some of those things. Hmm? Maybe we're embarrassed by them. Maybe we feel ashamed of things we have done. We wouldn't want anybody else to see or to know about. It's not like we go out parading all these things that we used to do. Much less do we want God to know or to remember them. Or maybe we have an idea that if God would remember, God would then be inclined to have to do something about it. 
heaven knows we don't want that. God, please don't remember the sins of my youth or my transgressions. Psalm 25 also, though, opens up with this affirmation of faith. To you, O Lord, I lift up my soul. Other translations say, I lift up my inner being. Or what I appreciate the most, in you, O Lord, do I set my hope. Do not let me be put to shame. Or as other translations say, do not let me be disappointed because of my hope in you. See, and I take that this way. If God were to remember, and I'm just, I'll be the first one to be real, okay? If God were to remember the sins of my youth, some of y'all with better faith records than me might be able to say, you should be ashamed of yourself, John, because that is what it is. Or if even if God were to remember just merely my transgressions, even from past youth, I could be very disappointed. My hope could probably be overcome by my sense of unworthiness. My hope could be overcome by my guilt or my shame or even just by the things that I've done. If God were to remember any of those things. But let me ask you a question. What does God remember? What does God want to remember about us? You see, if God were to remember those things about me, I might be in trouble. But I remember what God remembers. The story of Noah and his ark is probably very familiar to most of us. And after Noah had been out over the waters for many days, as God was dealing with the rebellious people, Beginning again, the ark finally reached dry ground. And when it did, God and Noah spoke together, and God told Noah, I am giving you a new covenant. Never again shall all flesh be cut off by the waters of a flood, and never again shall there be a flood to destroy the earth. God goes on to say, and to remind you of that, I'll put a bow into the sky. And that when I see that bow, I will remember my covenant. Think how, think how awesome that is. God says, when I see the bow, I will remember. Likewise, I think, if, God, if we see the bow, when we see the bow, we can remember God's promise as well. And so if you think about that story that I know many of you know well, What does God want to remember? Does God want to remember the rebellious people? Or does God want to remember the life that God has promised? I set my hope in you. Do not let me be disappointed, the psalmist says. If God were to remember the sins of my youth, I might run the risk of being very disappointed in myself, and in my faith. But, friends, something happened to me, and I know something happened to 
many of you as well. We were baptized. You remember that? And when we were baptized, maybe it was then, maybe it was later on, but when we were baptized, we were reminded of what God remembers. And we are reminded that God remembers what First Peter told us just a few moments ago when Patty read that Christ suffered for sins once for what does God remember? Let me repeat it to you, that Christ suffered for sins once for all. Sisters and brothers, God has forgotten the sins of your youth and your transgressions. If I were sitting where you were, I might be a little bit excited about that. God has forgotten the sins of your youth and your transgressions. Amen? Praise God, because God remembers that Christ suffered for sins once for all. Now, I want you to know that, but I don't want you to misunderstand me. There's at least three things I want you to, to understand we make clear about that. One is this, that sometimes, quite often even, there are consequences to our sin. We need to understand that. Those things that we have done against God and against God's people, quite often there are consequences. Don't blame God for that. It's not God's fault. It's just part of living life, part of being and having to deal with sin. And also we need to understand that quite often there are things that we need to learn about ourselves and learn about God that we can learn from our sin. The psalmist is sure that God instructs sinners in the way. That God, sure, God could remember the youth, the sins of my youth. This is God we're talking about. But God chooses not to. Instead, God chooses to instruct sinners to the way and to lead us and to teach us. And the last thing about this not remembering our sin is you know, it's not something that just kind of gets thrown out like, eh, no big deal. Forget about it, huh? Because our sin can be serious. Our sin can be treacherous. Our sin can be devastating, hurtful, and it can break things down. So when God says God's forgotten, it's not a small feat. But what we need to understand is that our sin is met by God's grace. If God's grace were a, was a heavyweight contender, God's grace would be six billion and oh, at least. Be a perfect record. And it wouldn't just be a perfect record, they'd all be by knockout. Because there's nothing that you or anybody else can do that can make God's grace lose. God's grace always wins. Y'all with me? There's nothing you can do about it. There's nothing you can say to change it. There's nothing you can continue doing that will take away God's grace because it's God's grace that is at work. It's God's grace that reminds us of the mercy and the love of God. 
And the reality is we don't have the right to be forgotten in the way that maybe we'd like to sometimes, the way that we'd like to pick and choose what we would like to have remembered or not. We don't have the right to be forgotten. But by the grace of God, friends, we are. Please do not remember the sins of my youth or my transgressions. God does it. Instead, God shows us new life in Jesus Christ. Amen? See, you're supposed to say that on your own. Because God shows us new life in Jesus Christ. That's how that works. God gives and we respond. God says something powerful and we say, amen. Thank you, God. Now, there's two challenges I want to give you when it comes to God's grace. And the first is this. Accept it. It's really all you can do. You can't change it. You can't keep on doing what you're doing and feel like, oh, God, you can never take me in. This is God's grace. You can't do anything to influence God's grace. You might as well accept it for what it is, the power and the mercy that only God has. The second thing I want to challenge you to do is to live by it. To live by it. You know, that person that always gets on your nerves? You know, that person that's always got something they want to tell you? You know, that person that just rubs you the wrong way? That person that just keeps on and on and on? And maybe in the past we've been willing to just, you know what, go away. Stop being you or at least get away from me. But a life centered around grace might say, wow, that's pretty interesting what you have to say there. <laughs> a life of grace might say, you know what, you've hurt me. Instead of hurting you back, I'll pray. I'll remove myself. You might have wronged me. Instead of wronging you back, I'm going to live by Now, friends, that can be pretty hard to do. But we can do it because God has done it for us. Did y'all hear me? But we can do it because God has done it for us. So, friends, we need to pray. Because, let's be real, I'm not pointing fingers, but we've done some dumb stuff, haven't we? We've said, we've thought, and we've done foolish things. But we've been forgiven. And if you want to live into God's grace and to be more graceful in your life, I want you to pray with me. Oh God, in you do I set my hope. I trust you, God, and I know that you are with me. Thank you for the grace that you have given to me and to all of your people. And help me now to live a life that is your grace. 
in Jesus' name. Amen.